into positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America. No, no, no. Not God Bless America. God damn America. That's in the Bible for killing innocent people. God damn America for treating us citizens as less than human. God damn America. As long as she tries to act like she is God and she is supreme. Well, it's a hot one. Hello. Welcome to the show. Uh, that's my co-host, Carlos Santana. Um, <laughs> Just a guitar riff after every funny riff. <laughs> um, is your mic on? Nope. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, hi. Hello. If you can hear a faint buzzing in the background, um, deal with it, audio nerds. Um, that's my fan. My AC broke in the middle of the hot, nasty New York electric, heaty summer. Um, I'm sweating. There's a cat in here. The cat is just laying on the bathroom floor on the like the tiles for cold, like when you're really hungover, and you uh, you become a dead fish. Um, I'm melting. My window fell out. Our equipment blew up a few weeks ago. Um, the government doesn't want you to hear this podcast, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they've sabotaged my cat. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about you guys. I could use a little more ice in this apartment. In this economy. <laughs> um, all right, uh, I'm back. Um, all right. Anyways, uh, strap the fuck in because this is a crazy ass story. Uh, today we'll be discussing the win of a sort of leftist um, candidate in Mexico. Big upset. Um, this guy Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador. Um, you'll notice I'm using a correct pronunciation. I usually speak in Tex-Mex. Um, That's beautiful pronunciation, Jake. <laughs> um, By the end of this episode, you're going to be lying on the bathroom tile. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, because it's so hot, baby. Hot episode. Muy caliente. We've been waiting till it's over 95 degrees to record yeah. this episode. <laughs> and we're drinking Coronas. Yeah. So I've started having fever hallucinations. It feels like we're in Mexico. I ate a really spicy pepper. I'm hallucinating. Mm-hmm. Gato. Are you sick, Gato? Meow. Um, <laughs> 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 what up? Uh, um, so this guy won, um, and I read up on it a bunch because um, I had been kind of following what was going on in Mexico earlier in the uh, the season, in the campaign season, because of, like, Mari Chui, this candidate that was endorsed by Zapatistas for, the, like, they had never endorsed anyone before. Um, you know, but she got uh, pushed out fairly obviously by the just the whole corrupt system, right? So things were looking really bleak, but this guy won. And a lot of people were celebrating. And um, so I wanted to look into it to sort of see the background of how we got here and see what's going on. Because immediately, all these bad takes come in. A lot of people are comparing him to Bernie. Um, I personally think he's a bit of a Corbin, just because, uh, well, he won. Um, but he is an old man. Yeah, He's an, he's old, an old, passionate man. I mean, he literally looks like Mexican Bernie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and he has a New York accent. For this is the, the... Does he? No, he doesn't. This is the part where, um, if we were a different show, we could really explore Mexican Bernie impressions. <laughs> but only one of us really has the license to do that. Right. Jake, as a Jew. Uno porcento. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't worry. I mean, I'll... I'll whatever I can with my fucking shitty Spanglish, but um, uh, thank you for your service. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And the, the, the worst take of all is basically uh, a lot of people are comparing it to Trump for some reason, but uh, we'll get into that later. Um, it's a very bad take. Um, it does, it's, they're comparing him to the only good thing that Trump did on the campaign trail, which was, like, say he's going to drain the swamp and stuff. Inspire hope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Has anyone ever just made, like, Be really entertaining, hope? too. <laughs> do that much. Um, but in order to tell this story, I want to tell uh, first, like, I'm going to go in Gonzo style with my, uh, my, <laughs> my experience and how I decided to read up on the story to begin with, which is that, you know, suddenly I heard, oh, my God, AMLO won. AMLO, by the way, A-M-L-O is his initials, Andre Manuel Lopez Obrador. Um, for short, they call him AMLO, right? Um, so he won. All these people are celebrating. And so I see this clip online of this panel of journalists who are um, discussing his win, right? And the clip is um, a bunch of journalists. I don't know. There's a guy named uh, Jorge Ramos who um, is like uh, – um, I'm trying to – I don't know quite who to compare him to here, but he's um, – Jesus Christ, computer. Chris Eliza. <laughs> um <laughs> Joy Ann Reed. Sorry, my mouse is fucking up. Okay. Um, anyways, uh, the reason I know who Jorge Ramos is is because when that ice thing happened to me and I told the story to Catherine Kruger at Splinter, um, a friend of mine who's from Mexico was looking at her phone. And she goes, oh, my God, my favorite journalist just shared this story about you. Um, so he shared my ice story. Pretty cool, right? Um, well, we should have mom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about this person. I don't. Yeah, I don't even know if he speaks English. Um, we should have someone on who doesn't speak the same language as us and make a, and then we'll roast him. Um, anyways, because so you don't speak Spanish, so there would be nobody who speaks Spanish except for that person. Yeah, <laughs> I like it's, the thing about Spanish is like I spoke a little when I was young, so I got the pronunciation. I can follow sometimes when people are talking, but I can't speak it for shit, or I can speak like sp- pigeon Spanish and fucking uh, kitchen Spanish and stuff like that. I know one word that's a really good word. What's that? Sacapuntas, <laughs> but it doesn't mean what you might think it does. Touchdown. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> means pencil sharpener, <laughs> but it's a gray word. Um. What? Anyways. What? <laughs> El sacapuntas means. Why, did, why do you know that one? Span- I took two years of Spanish, and that's the one. Oh, el- so you have that and L. This isn't practical. Okay. I wasn't in the kitchen, and there. Yeah. Word you've heard. Okay. That was uh. Almo's logo, actually, is the pencil. The so- they call them the Sacapuntas. People go, Wah. at his rallies, they would hold up pencil sharpeners and like, Wah. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't p- want to drain the swamp. He wants to sharpen the pencil. Yeah, the pencil is the establishment. Yes, and the sharpener is him. It's dull with corruption. Right, the dull. Yeah, he's sharpening the state. <laughs> yes. Well. Yeah. Sacapuntas. <laughs> Sacapuntas. So, um. So anyway, I was watching this panel, and the panel is all these journalists, like, sitting in a row from left to right, and then at the farthest end, because it's fucking Mexican television, there's this clown, right? And he's, like, very serious. Oh, do you mean Donald Trump? <laughs> oh. Woo! Woo! Uh, Keep listening. <laughs> so there's this fucking clown, and it's really funny because they're all talking very seriously, and then there's this clown who's just, like, a pundit, um, because Mexican television is hilarious, and... Um, you know, the thing about the clown guys on Mexican television is that, like, the reason the Bumblebee Man is so funny, they t- the, guy, the Simpson writer talked about this on Chapo this week, right. but the reason the Bumblebee Man is so funny is because if you grew up in, like, Southern California or Mexico and you didn't understand what was happening on these TV shows, 
it's just hilarious. Like, it's weird. There's a old adult man dressed like a baby, you know. There's a guy in like, a fucking locust costume. And um, they cry. You can't tell what's going on. Mexican TV is, it's, it's kind of like Japan where it's like, it probably makes sense to them, but the, the, the gap of, un, of understanding the culture is so funny. Do comedians have to be, like, buff, like, in Japan? Um, you know, so that's, this is kind of where I was get going with this, is, like, um... Really? Um, <laughs> actually, okay, actually, it's kind of a tangent, but in Japan, comedians are, like, uh, they're just, like, jackass, There's, kind of. Yeah. They're not, like, stand-up. They're just, like, they just throw you in a big pit of snakes, and you're like, whoa, and that's comedy or whatever. Right, yeah. Um, it's really fucking weird, but comedy is sort of uh, different from culture to culture, right? It's like a mirror of you know, what's happening in those people's minds, right? So I always thought the clown thing on Mexican television was hilarious. Um, and, you know, to look at this, like, serious discussion happening about... I mean, this is like if, if Bernie won in America and then there was just a clown <laughs> you know, on CNN <laughs> along with a bunch of serious-looking people. Like, it's just fucking weird, right? But We need someone who's tough on crime, Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so then I started talking to people about it, and a lot of people I know who, are, like, are from Mexico or, uh, you know, just... Aware of this, he's like, "Oh no, that guy's really fucking cool. His name is Brozo, right? So, Brozo is um, his full name is Brozo El Payaso Tenebroso, which means Brozo, the creepy clown. Um, nice. And the reason he's allowed to be on all these uh, like these political panels is because he's like kind of like the John Stewart of Mexico. <laughs> but uh. this is how he got there, right? So he start he sort of started on like a, a weird like local public accessy um, like comedy you know show where he would um, he would do very like populist um, sort of sketches and stuff where he would do characters that were like working class people and uh, you know they have these extreme accents and he would sort of caricature instead of how many clowns can you fit in a car he'd do how much pork can you fit in a bill <laughs> yeah it's a bit, a bit of a, a dark look that Broso provides <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so he would do stuff like that um, but then he came up with this character Broso which is this green haired shabby ass he looks kind of like Bernie like looking clown right and the, what Broso would do was uh, he would sort of like do these uh, he'd you know, tell stories and stuff to the audience, and um, he would uh, tell like fairy tale esque stories that had like class stories in them. And to understand where this this cl- like cl- uh, class analogies and stuff like that, but to understand where this clown thing came from, you got to understand like ha- like how that became part of comedy in Mexico to begin with. And what it comes from is um, va- like kind of this Mexican version of vaudeville called carpas, and carpas are like a tent theater tradition. Um, so. It all comes back from, like, the 1920s. I mean, it's, it's like, where, like, luchador stuff comes from. Um, it's in the same way that all our comedy came out of these old lounge vaudeville traditions, their shit came from that, too. It's just that it didn't then turn take the specific turn that ours took. A lot of it still is this weird, I'm going to dress up like a clown shit. But what he's doing... Does there still have, like, the minstrel vibes that our comedy started having? <laughs> um, I'm not sure, but, like, this guy isn't like a minstrel thing this guy what he's doing is literally like dressing up like a clown and then doing very serious like political jokes that like would go over the heads of a lot of people so he literally is like roasting like these establishment um politicians because everyone kind of knows in mexico that you have this very like everything's very corrupt right so he's able to get away with it by going like no i'm just a clown you know um so he made a couple of shows. One was called La, La Caravana, which is like a the Carpas thing. It was like a tent theater sort of thing. And then he eventually created this show called El Mañanero. And El Mañanero is um, basically where he debuted the Brozo thing. And it became his big hit, right? 
after that, he went on to like be like the host of Big Brother Mexico. Um, he was a correspondent on like the 2002 FIFA World Cup. Um, he's like a huge thing. I look him up online. He has five million Twitter followers. How much scarier is Big Brother when you know that behind the camera is a sad clown <laughs> <laughs> watching everything you do? <laughs> yeah. So in 2004, his wife Carolina Padilla died of a brain hemorrhage, and oh. he. It's not funny. As he put it, quote. Puts Brozo in the freezer. <laughs> he stopped doing <laughs> Brozo after that. He still got him. He had a, <laughs> can't he, stop. Can't stop the heart. He put, he put Brozo away because he was too heartbroken <laughs> to continue being this like political firebrand clown guy. Um, and he started a show called El Cristal con uh, I, something Semira, which means the Looking Glass, right? And that was him being him for the first time. Uh, he stopped the Brozo thing, and he started sort of a political, like, Bill Maury sort of show. Where like he when was kids like, took huh. off their makeup. Yeah, so this is kind of like when Crust, when uh, The Last Temptation of Crust, where Krusty went, like, kind of Carlin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, it would be like that if Krusty was always like that to begin ah. with, but he wore the clown makeup to make his points palatable, right? Mm. Uh, so Does this he have, a like, a silly voice when he presents? I've just been wondering this. <laughs> or is it, like, just straight talking with a clown persona I, I don't know we'll have to put in a clip of him because um i've just been reading about him and actually haven't watched a clip okay um <laughs> i'll plug something in right here for a little marker um anyway so the thing is a lot of people have been i've been talking to people about this guy and some people go oh my god he's he's incredible he's kind of an activist right and another person pointed out to me that he's kind of like not he's kind of good and he's kind of not he's not really an ideologue uh, this clown. Uh, he's, he's more of a clown. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's, somebody compared him to like a, a mix of Julian Assange and um, John Stewart. Like he's like kind of just a disruptor. Okay. So, he's John Stewart, but he's uh, sexually assaulted some people. <laughs> <laughs> um, so eventually he caused the downfall of a PRI uh, presidential candidate, right? PRI is like their um, neoliberal uh, so Democrat. Party. Democrat, party. yeah. yeah. Um, so he caused the downfall of a a fucking presidential campaign in their neoliberal party, uh, a guy named uh, Arturo Montiel, right? And uh, he did it by announcing um, that, like, so there was this inquiry about Montiel's personal fortune. And, uh, it, you know, he was being audited, basically. And then, so the person who broke the news was uh, Victor Trujillo, by, by the way, is his real name, when he's not being Broso. Uh, he... <laughs> As, as his clownless self, like, announced the big, big, you know, like, it, this is on the level of, like, Hillary's emails or something. Mm. This was announced by this comedian, right? Um, and it later turned out, like, that they uh, they overturned the, the confirmation of this audit, but it didn't matter because everyone's so aware of the corruption in the government there that, like, it ruined his following or whatever, people voting for him, right? Oh, shit. Um in uh, 2010, El Mañanero returned to the air. He becomes Broso again, right? So he's been, he started being the clown again, which is how we see him now on this panel discussing all this shit, right? Um, so I was just reading about him, and I thought it was really interesting, like, how that, that really, like, it makes sense to me now. Like, now I get it. He's a fucking absurdist. Like, he's kind of an irony bro. Like, he's, he thinks it's hilarious, too. That's it's the joke, right? It's not this weird thing where we're like, well, what's wrong with these people? Like, he's doing it because it's funny or whatever. So I thought it was really funny. Um, Clowns are funny. But <laughs> <laughs> There's no way ever... I don't think... I think people want to just be so jaded you can't enjoy a clown anymore. Enjoy a clown sometimes. They're fun. Yeah. Or, if you're the establishment, they're scary. 
Yeah, establishment is like bananas are for eating, not for slipping. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, with that that whole thing out of the way, I want to get into <laughs> then the more important story, which is that this big leftist win. Bring back the clown. Of <laughs> Tumlo, right? Because, <laughs> um, uh, I mean, I, the clown is funny because he was involved in, like, politics. Like, he was involved yeah. in the stories of, like, these politicians getting busted for shit, you know? Is he pro-AMLO? Um, I think he is uh, currently. Like, I mean, he was on that panel that was, like, pro-AMLO, right? Okay, okay. Um, so, okay. you know, he's one of these people that has been Still all over there. the place, right? Anyways, okay. this guy wins, right? Um Suddenly, there's all these bad takes about Amlo as soon as he wins, right? Uh, the left in America, or the, the quote-unquote left, is doing this thing where now they're... It's the same thing they do with Okazi, where they're like, wow, everyone's got to do a crash course on who this guy is, right? Uh, myself included, but, like, you know, they're all, the New York Times is saying, like, you know, the way a friend of mine put it, it was, like, they, their take was essentially, he won, but can he win? Like, you know, he, right. he already won, and they're already casting all these doubts and saying, like, oh, the, you know, he's... And that's how it's similar to Corbin, you're saying. Um, yeah, yeah, because um, as soon as he won, instead of, you know, their, their narrative changes from he can't win to, oh, well, he shouldn't have won. Like, yeah. now he's bad, even though he won. Get him out. Um, you know, they, they constantly step, they sidestep that whole thing. Do you, is it, do you not like leftists because you think they can't win, or do you not like their politics? Mm-hmm. As soon as they win, now it's like you don't like their politics. They're too dangerous, right? If there's one thing New York Times is always looking out for, it's the well-being of Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> that always comes first. Yeah, um, and I, I think this is a really interesting moment, and we're going to see what happens next with him, but uh, I wanted to sort of tell his story, and in order to tell his story, I think you need to understand the background of how Mexico became so neoliberal, um, and how they became a situation kind of similar to ours, where they have this guy who is kind of a Bernie you know, character, a mm-hmm. figure, who people like and is anti-establishment and the press is saying oh he you know he's he's too far to the left and he can never win and all this shit right can i really make a wild guess <laughs> why before the teach-in starts sure is it that mexico is directly south of the united states and is just victim <laughs> to our drug wars <laughs> yeah it's a huge fucking part of it but they have their own um their own uh history that is kind of you know, separate, not separate, but it's, you know, it's, there are reasons that aren't directly related to the U.S. I like, like, uh, early 20th century Mexico. The place is popping off. It's where, like, uh, all the resistance fighters for other countries in South America would, like, base themselves before they go out other places, and, like, Trotsky was there. Yeah. Yeah. And they had, uh, you know, like, cool fucking uh, zoot suits and stuff like that. They had zoot suits. Yeah, it was badass. What happened to zoot suits? Well, there was a riot. And uh, you know. oh no! Zoot, oh uh, yeah. what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was like a l- actual zoot suit riot that that song is based on, but uh, that's the story for another day. Um, so the Mexican Revolution. Um, in order to understand the Mexican Revolution, you kind of understand have to understand like. Uh, let's start here, okay? So there's a time in this world when all these countries are going through revolutions. There's a breaking point with in, uh, like the industrial revolution and stuff like that, um, technology. And there um, is basically a, a an economic crisis where people that lived in um, these farms called campesinos were finding themselves to be very heavily exploited to the point where you take up arms. You go, somebody's got to do something about this, right? So there was this right wing uh, president in Mexico called Porfirio Diaz, and basically uh, Zapata, uh, Pancho Villa, uh, Benito Juarez, all these people were sort of a natural occurrence against what this guy Porfirio Diaz was doing. So Sabata's a really interesting story because 
he was this fucking cowboy character that lived in one of those campesinos and like you know just sort of said we're not going to fucking take this anymore after a while um and you read biographies of him it's great because there's you know there's like legends about him the shit that's probably not true oh he fucking killed 10 guys you know in this one fight or whatever he drinks the tequila yeah. and <laughs> he eats the worm <laughs> yeah um so the th- I think that was a safe middle ground of not quite a racist accent, but oh, still fun. Just yeah, it. just yeah. Kind of a, <laughs> sounded like a drifter. I <laughs> lost my voice. Yeah, <laughs> just do full on Nick Mullen. Daily <laughs> it doesn't matter. We're already here. I'll never survive. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it when people are mean to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Zabata is really interesting because. Um, you know, he found himself as the figurehead of a revolution for the people that worked in these campesinos, but he wasn't really an ideologue. He eventually became a military leader who had intellectuals surrounding him who were Marxists and anarchists and who were guiding his political actions, but he was just kind of this badass, like, cowboy guy, right? Um, but, but, but what the whole reason that he started fighting to begin with was on behalf of the exploited people in these campesinos. So he was like a Marxist without knowing it, kind of. Um, that's what I think is so interesting about Marxism is that like it didn't, it doesn't necessarily all come from Marx. Like he's just sort of put, he just sort of articulated something that a lot of people were already feeling, you know, independent of that. I mean, most people, if you ask them how the world works, they'll just start describing some version of, you know, the left, anyway. Bottom-up egalitarian society distribution. Well, that Marx is very aware of that as well, and that's why he spent his whole life bitching uh, in parentheses online with all the other academics the whole time about who's a Marxist, who's not a Marxist, and who's uh, 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 getting owned in the papers. One, his two, own three, he... four, who's punk, what's the score? <laughs> jawbreaker, everyone. Jawbreaker. <laughs> Friend of the show, jawbreaker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, who's a poser and who's not? These people are all in high school. Yeah. So, <laughs> on Marx's own words, if en- he said, if anything, I am not a Marxist. Right, he would people. say that. And just a reminder for the audience, it's so hot in here. I it's know. crazy I'm how hot it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in Elon Musk's own words, Mark, Karl Marx was a capitalist because he wrote a book called Capitalism. What a fucking moron. <laughs> Um. Anyways, Eat shit, Anders. So, <laughs> the Mexican Revolution sort of uh, becomes, you know, these this string of revolutionaries that are then as- associated with intellectuals, Marxists, anarchists. Um, one of my fucking ancestors is involved in this at some point. Um, he's an anarchist. Um, but uh, y- you know, eventually, it kind of comes to this tragic head where the revolution itself falls apart. Like it's. There's enough attempts that are unsuccessful. No one really knows what's going to happen. And that this is also, you know, don't tweet at me. I'm, I'm painting with very broad strokes here. But eventually, the whole thing comes to an end when um, something that we in America call the Mexican-American War happened, mm. which in Mexico a lot of people just call the U.S. invasion right. or the U.S. intervention. Um, funny how wars work like that, you know? Um where, um, you know, Woodrow Wilson is sending all these people down here and they're, you know, they're sort of warning uh, uh, Mexico about having a revolution, etc. This big fucking weird compromise happens. Um, there's some great stories from it. Uh, one of them is uh, in a town called Veracruz. There was um, a U.S. admirable that was, um, you know, posted up and, uh, and threatening to invade Veracruz. And uh, the local um, local commander guy uh, you know, he's being told to surrender, and 
what he said. He answered the the American guy's call to surrender with this quote: "My balls are too big to fit in your capital." To, to <laughs> fit in this capital. Is that in Spanish? Is Imagine it, hearing that. His huevos or whatever. When you're Commodore Matthew Perry. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, right. From Friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I didn't just I just put that together. Yeah, isn't that fucked up? And then he <laughs> shot all those people. Yeah, yeah. And he opened trade with Japan. And then Joey, who, the guy who played Joey, showed up. <laughs> he could burn down a village. Could I take Leblanc. any more of your land? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, kill me. There okay. we go. <laughs> How do you say I'll be there for you in Spanish? Uh, no one knows. <laughs> <laughs> no one at this table could tell you. <laughs> um, Back to our Mexican discussion. So, <laughs> in the aftermath of everything that went down between America and Mexico, there's um, sort of this party that gets propped up called uh, the PRA, the Partido Revolucionario Institucional. Um and they, as we've discussed, basically become the like the Democratic Party, the neoliberal party. But they become such a thing in a similar way, which is that they started off headed by this guy, La, uh, Lazaro Cardenas, um, who hmm. was he was like a head of the party who wanted to include socialism within the party. He did things like uh, nationalizing oil, redistributing farmland to the poor. I mean, he was. Like, it was the same as the old-timey, like, what happened to the left in this country, right? Started off as a very, very uh, inclusive leftist answer to the right-wing parties. Yeah. But they had all this corruption within the system itself. And so after a while, it turned very far right because, um, you know, like, you would appoint the next leader. Right. Um, they didn't have enough democracy. They needed the checks and balances. Yeah. Did they have a New Deal type uh, 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 phenomenon? Yes. That corroded the system. Yeah, and that's actually addressed in this New Yorker piece that I'm getting a lot of this from. Um, we I, should put that in the comments. Cardenas is who um, Amlo compares. He compares him to FDR. Yes. Um, so uh, I don't know the exact. Um, I think I think this stuff here, the redistribution and the nationalized oil, is probably what he's referring to. But mm-hmm. uh, you know. Don't tweet at me. Um, He's in a wheelchair. <laughs> he interned the internment in Japanese. Uh-huh. For some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Japan making a big showing in the Mexican episode, and I love to They see actually, it. they have <laughs> Japanese peanuts. Uh, have you had those? It's like a snack from Mexico made by a Japanese guy from Mexico. This seems like the start to a very racist joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's um, true. I'm half Mexican Nubal. and half <laughs> Japanese. <laughs> I buy my peanuts at 7-Eleven. He's just dressed like half a clown. <laughs> <laughs> so, el Nainino. Um, he's <laughs> like a little child, Nainino. <laughs> it's just day nine and he's dressed as a little boy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to, no, I'm going to do it. Uh, <laughs> do a little, little boy voice. Me uh, gusta sushi. Okay. Um, so let's get into uh, AMLO, right? Uh, here's the story of AMLO. Uh, basically, he's born in the small town, and in 1976, he starts off his political career within the PRI, which back then still seemed like a viable option. It has um, the word revolutionary in it. Right. After call, it's like it's like with liberal up here, where people are like, "What? It's liberal, you know? Liberalism right. caused all the great things in your life." If you've gotten a paycheck that was given to you by the <laughs> founding fathers, <laughs> liberals invented the internet. Um, so <laughs> that's Al Gore's go-to. Yeah, he does things like um, when he's young and he's working within the PRI, he works on a um, a campaign for a guy named uh, Carlos Peiser. 
who is um, like a, he was like a pal of like Pablo Neruda and Frida Kahlo, um, young revolutionaries, you know. Um, in 1988, he joins the PRD, which is a leftist offshoot started by Cardenas' son, right? So they start to, to have, the, you know, and they have, they have a different system. They can form other parties, right? You can form a more leftist party. Um, in 1994, he runs for governor, um, and he loses. And this is when he starts to become kind of interesting. Um, he loses, and he accuses the PRI candidate of fraud. And he's probably right. Um but he gets he gets like slandered a lot for being like this like loud arrogant like you know firebrand guy who's like if he loses he won't just take the lose a like, bad loser yeah because yeah, he but he's right though and he knows he's right because he receives an anonymous tip after the loss after he gets you know yelled at for for being an upset loser or whatever and the tip um, basically provides him with proof that uh, the PRI spent ninety five million dollars on an election in which half a million people voted, right? His, his gubernatorial campaign. So, you know, he's starting to become this figure who's, like, maybe could be conceived of as, like, a tinfoil hat guy because he's, like, mm -hmm. there's all this corruption happening. And everyone's, yep. like, you fucking wacko, you know? <laughs> right. Just take the L. But the thing is, he's right. He's not wrong. They have a corrupt democracy. He's just trying to drain the swamp. Um, but the swamp... But like, the swamp is real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the swamp was real in America, too. It's just that Trump, like, didn't drain the swamp. Yeah. He became the he swamp. He loves the swamp. He was running on a pro-swamp platform right. while <laughs> saying anti-swamp things. Swamp things. See, in order to drain the swamp, <laughs> swamp. you have to swim to the bottom. And he just was more into the scuba diving. You they come into this country. They're mystical creatures that climb out of the swamp. <laughs> they swamp things. They used to be a scientist. Um, I don't know why. I I Nessie, we've all heard of him. <laughs> Where's he been in the news? <laughs> yeah. He's gone, folks. He's a great big monster. <laughs> He's out there. Yeah. I, I will find him. <laughs> He's tragic. He's like Bigfoot. Remember when it was the Blue Lagoon? What's with this black lagoon? <laughs> going to find the creature of the Black Lagoon. He will be my Secretary of Agriculture. Donald Trump, more like the creature from Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> um, <laughs> <right>. Folks! <laughs> so, in 2000, he wins. He becomes the mayor of Mexico City, and that's when his political career really sort of takes off. Um, in 2000, when he becomes mayor of Mexico City, he, um, he starts doing, like, fucking populist, like, um, very likable, like, Bernie-style shit. Like, he drives a shitty old Nissan, like, very publicly. Oh, I love that. Yeah, he, like, doesn't walk around with security and stuff. He just walks around and just high-fives people and shit. People love him, right? Let's everyone else drive his Nissan. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, he lets, he gets, lets you uh, ride to school on the handlebars of his bike and shit. <laughs> um... Very cool, right? But he was not immune to controversy. In 2003, one of his officials was caught on tape accepting a bribe, right? And the tape was recorded and leaked by none other than Broso, El Payaso Tenebroso. Bow, bow. The fucking wow. clown tried to take him down. Cut, 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 cut. Crazy, right? <laughs> so... The thing about this fucking clown, right, is this is all tying back to the clown, is that <laughs> he's now come back around and he's pro-AMLO, but he is, I think, <laughs> it makes sense to argue that he's a bit of an Assange type, because Assange was just leaking. Right. He's leaking on anyone's side. He's a side. freedom fighter. He just loves leaking, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's like the dark mirror that holds up society. Damn. So, so uh, um, 
Amlo survived this controversy, though, because he, in Amlo fashion, just went like, that's not fucking real! You know, he just denied <laughs> right. this thing. Um, he, argued, he argued it for his own innocence by distributing comic books depicting him yes. fighting against dark forces. And later on, the official was cleared of all the charges, so he proved that it wasn't real. I'm not really sure. I can't tell. Or he just convinced everyone with his crazy comic books he made about himself. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Moore would take any job back then. <laughs> it was a wild time. Yeah, Alan Moore, Swamp Thing. Whoa. Whoa. Um, <laughs> it all comes together. <laughs> so, as mayor, he did things like he expanded highways, um, and he he compromised he took a, pay a little. Cut, right? Yeah. Um, and he tried to fight a lot of corruption, like um, like the pay, like the the huge pay that like other politicians get, right? Um, but he also compromised a little bit. Like, he worked with uh, this guy named Carlos Slim, which is a badass name, um, who's kind of a corrupt uh, local figure. But they, like, together they restored, like, a historic district downtown, etc. right? Um, then, so this is, like, why I think that, uh, there's kind of a lot of interesting takes on him. Like, one is that he compromises a little bit, even though he's a diehard. Like, he kind of, at the same time, he's like a pragmatist and a fucking yeah. ideologue at the same time, which is... Something, I don't know, like, uh, it's hard to compare him to, to anyone on that basis. Um, but also, like, the, the thing, <laughs> the clown busted him, like, I don't know if that's, if he actually took a bribe or not, but it seems like he didn't, mm. because he seems like a principled politician that is fighting against corruption. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's a pretty hard argument to make, but who knows, because he's also a pra- pragmatist. You yeah, I mean, he probably it. has loyalties among people who are doing corrupt shit that he just can't really afford to sever. Right, which is why it's so interesting him going into office because he yeah. is a principled like leftist, but he also has to work within a very corrupt system. I I feel like from what I've read, he doesn't come across as a principled leftist. That's also something that's kind of interesting, and I'm going to get into that later because he he is a self-described leftist, uh-huh. but some of his actions are like he never talks about capitalism or anything. Yeah, it's... Um, Which I understand from a pragmatic point of view in Mexican yeah. politics that it's more about corruption, it's more about uh, subservience to America than it is personally your boss, labor relations, but... Well, he doesn't speak in Marxist terms, but he does talk a lot about economic justice for poor people and, like, doing things like um, nationalizing certain industries. And, um, you know, one of the things he wants to do is... Uh, grow a lot of crops in uh, southern Mexico near where people actually live so they can work in that industry without having like to be um, encumbered by the commute and stuff like that. Mm. Um, there are things that are like reminiscent of Zapata and that sort of idea of redistributing some of the power. But you're right, it's weird that he's not, like, um, you know, going around talking about the he top. He doesn't put Uno. the same language to it. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's, that's what's confusing is he seems like he is unwavering in his dedication to small communities, but he is willing to be flexible on the rhetoric that gets him there and the alliances he's making to get there, which could be a problem Sound later. familiar, <laughs> comrade <laughs> Bernardo. <laughs> um... So, <laughs> let's cut to 2006. Uh, 2006, he forms Morena, a.k.a. the National Regeneration uh, Movement. Um, he forms his own party, and this is the party he just won on. Um, so, he moves again outside of the other party and forms Morena. 
Um, he runs for president in 2006 and is depicted by his opponents as, quote, a danger for Mexico. There's all these smear ads comparing him to Castro, Chavez, Morales. Um, and in that election, he lost by half of 1%. Um, he lost by the top 1%. <laughs> so he... Uh, when this happened, he didn't take the L. He fucking set up. My man never and takes the L. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, the <laughs> and he protested, and he sat around for like a month, like with his supporters. Hell yeah. Fucking screaming at the, the guy who won and the government. And the thing is, he probably actually won that election. Yeah. He, it made perfect sense for him to do so. Right. But this is why people were going like, oh, this guy's annoying. He's like Donald Trump. He won't take no for an answer. Yeah, this is what Gore should have done. We were talking about Gore earlier. Like he should he, have gone to Mexico City. Should have put on a bumblebee costume. I just want you to start using solar panels. No, he uh, like Gore was the president of the Senate in 2000 because as vice president is was presiding over the Senate, and he basically there were all these uh, like he could have. Um, had the he could have contested the decision even further and demanded another recount, but he like let the fucking Senate roll over and, and he got tired. Yeah, <laughs> laid down. Yeah, he didn't really want it. He wanted to it go. It was out. so hot because he's obsessed <laughs> with norms, and that's what and that's what you know. The it's hot because of global warming, which yes. Al Gore tried to warn us about. He tried to warn us. <laughs> um, like, this would be a a. 40-degree apartment right now. If Al Gore <laughs> had been elected in 2000. Al Gore is laying on a bathroom floor somewhere with right. his shirt off. Well, this makes me think, like, this oh. is where he is different from, like, U.S. liberals. Maybe not, like, liberal capital L, but uh, the fact that he is not going to dignify the system at, a, at like, at every turn, the way that liberals are, even when it's, like, shooting themselves in the foot. Not going to dignify the system is a very good way to put it. Because um, that's process. that's what's yeah. so annoying about Democrats is right. they're all like, well, we have faith in this horrible, disgusting, yeah. corrupt thing. Even shit that isn't like the Supreme Court, if we're going by the Constitution, nothing says we need nine justices. But there's no way a, a Democrat. There's no there's nothing gonna, in the rule book that says a dog can't be a Supreme yeah. Court justice. Right. Um, Are they going to appoint a dog? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. The Republicans will have a field day. Yeah. <laughs> And then they'll bring the dog. Air judge. <laughs> oh, love it. <laughs> Air judge. <laughs> <laughs> Just keeps ratifying these um, these uh, bills about bones. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, dog judge. Dog judge. Coming soon to Fox. <laughs> I like it better if he's like a TV judge. Yeah, yeah. like a like judge. <laughs> Mathis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gavel, gavel. All right, your uh, boy, your boy. And then like the plaintiff and the defendant are just like your boy, your boy, your boy, and whoever like calls him over and gives him a treat wins. The plaintiff's also a dog. <laughs> I'm imagining. I'm imagining an all dog government. <laughs> I will not take no for an answer. You must love dogs. Like imagine a, a future outside of capitalism. Imagine <laughs> an all dog government. <laughs> <laughs> somebody, um, somebody who. Uh, reported on his uh, his camp out outside of the the lost um, said that his his timber uh, the way he spoke was reminiscent of the fucking French Revolution. Um, yeah. So it's pretty cool. Um, he didn't cut that guy's head off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he cut a pinata's head off. The guillotine. He was wearing nylons too the whole time. Very hot. <laughs> 
So it's too hot for that. <laughs> it's, it's so fucking hot in here. <laughs> In 2012, um, he loses by a larger margin to Peña Nieto, who Peña Nieto was president right up until a few days ago. Um, and Nieto returns the PRI to power until um, yeah, until he won, until uh, Amlo won, right? Um, and the funny thing about Peña Nieto is that he is a big cuck for Trump. It's really weird. Everyone in Mexico hates Trump so fucking much, but their president, who was in power when Trump won, for some reason, decided to try to, like, cuddle up next to Trump and, like, sort of gain some sort of favor with him. So when Trump came to visit Mexico, like, you know, he came back and he was like, I talked to Nieto. He said he's going to pay for the wall. Right. All this stuff. Mm. And so well, he sees Ben Garrison's cartoons and he assumes that there's no way in a physical <laughs> confrontation he could possibly <laughs> attack Trump. That yeah. bear of a man. A bear of a man. Instead, he has to cuddle up in his cave. <laughs> it is funny that someone who's being explicitly into your face racist to you and then going beyond that and working to implement it into policy... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That you could think there would be any way of appeasing somebody like that is crazy. Well, I mean, it speaks to the politics of someone like a corrupt neoliberal because, you know, what does he think what does he think he's going to get out of this? Well, he thinks maybe um A, he might not, he might not disagree with a lot of Trump's policies and B, you know, he might be pet grabbing for more power. He might think that he could sort of um sort of get something out of this Trump, you know, appeasement, which is really weird. And as was p- pointed out in one of these articles, um, Trump doesn't respect anyone that d- does that. The no. only person he respects is Kim Jong-un, who called him a dog or whatever. Dotard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, so th- this creates an interesting... Not in a good way, like that dog Supreme Court justice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trump is not the dog this country needs. <laughs> so um, this creates a, a situation ripe for change in Mexico. Everyone hates Trump, and the president is this weird guy that everyone now hates because he likes Trump, right? So, AMLO hits the fucking campaign trail, and some really funny shit happens uh, with, you know, within this climate of him being a leftist who's loved as, by the, you know, the, the majority of people. He's a populist, um, but the the press and the media and the right wing corrupt government are all trying to paint him as like this, you know, oh, he's, he's Hugo Chavez and all this shit. He's, he's social is going to destroy this country. Um, the, one of the first things that happens is ju- he's just like us. He's accused of Russian collusion. Just like <laughs> us. Just like us. And uh, so he's going around and he's he's deflecting it very funnily by, by in a very funny fashion by like making jokes about how he just got a sack of gold from a Russian uh, submarine. He <laughs> refers to himself jokingly as Andres Manuelovich. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like, I am Russian Gaiovich. Um, Man, that name's Russian. He's like, he's, li- he's like a fucking dirtbag Twitter leftist. He's doing t- Russia jokes and shit. Mr. President, who is funding your podcast? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Patreon. Uh, duh. Um, Patreon. Patreon. <laughs> Man, when I fir- when Nick Mullen first started come down, he, he told me, "Oh, I'm thinking about starting a Patreon." He didn't even know how to pronounce the <laughs> word. Didn't even know how to say it. <laughs> yeah. Surprised so you didn't ignorant. call her Patron. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what uh, in Mexico P- Patreon is called. Yeah, it's called Patron. And there's a worm in your Patreon. Um, <laughs> the worm's actually from Mezcal, by the way. Uh, Ooh, no one knows that. Now we're learning. <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> so, um. 
Another reason people compare him to Trump is um, is because he uses the specific language mafia de poder, which means power mafia. Um, yeah. So he refers to his enemies as the fucking power mafia. I don't know what that's sh- that would kind of make me like them. Yeah. That would that's You've right. heard cool. of the mafia? Yeah. Well, why do you think people liked Trump? It's a yeah. it's a likable thing to go. These people are fucking crooks, and I'm gonna you know fix that. Um, just the worst take of all time. Um, which, by the way, if you were listening to this, there's a great Jackman article that came out today about about that. Although it's um, an article, maybe it's a blog post. Uh, it's written it's very strangely. Tweet, tw- tweet storm. Yeah, it's kind of a tweet storm that they just ran as an article. Um, but it's the point that they make. Um, and the other thing that's weird about calling him a, a, a Trump is that he fucking hates Donald Trump. He wrote a book called Oye Trump, which means, uh, listen, Trump. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he... Listen, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, he refers to Trump. This is my favorite nickname anyone's ever come up with for Trump. He refers to Trump as, quote, Caligula on Twitter. Nice. Uh, my man's fucking horses. Um, and uh, and so, so that's kind of how we get into uh, what happened in this campaign. Um, so a few other things that happened are um, he's been pulled to the left on certain things, like... Like we were discussing, he's kind of a leftist and he's kind of not. Yep. He's kind of a, like a Sanders-ish kind of old curmudgeon in that he's more about his principles than like um, than just just uh, explain like explaining how these these principles will then affect like specific identity politics. He kind of doesn't like his like um, his his you know his base of people that are really really like college campus politic mm-hmm. identity politics. He kind of says like we equal rights is the most important thing that's going to lead to those things working. Um, he was a little bit waffly on legalizing drugs until he was giving a speech where he was talking about it and he was kind of doing this weird shit where he's like, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe right. we'll... Uh, kind of how Bernie is now on abolishing exactly. ice. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Although, yeah. as of just now, as we were recording, he put out a tweet saying, well, actually, yeah, he, I'm for abolishing ice. For, Don't get too excited yeah, because yeah. if you read the tweets after that, he then says, you know, I'm for restructuring it, etc. Right, 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 right. Just he doesn't fucking say, abolish You can't expect it. any truly radical ideas from these old ass men. You can expect a foot in the door. I yeah. feel like that's reasonable. But but to uh, Amlo's credit, need some new. I need some new ass men. <laughs> <laughs> to Amlo's credit, though, he was in the middle of a speech and he just kind of blurted out like, yeah, "Well, maybe we'll legalize it." And then there's this huge roar of applause, and then you yeah. can see him visually smile and go, yeah. "Oh yeah, we'll legalize uh, it." Right? This works. So he's like testing waters. <laughs> it's a shit. good tag. Um, <laughs> Cypress Hill went nuts. <laughs> um, uh, since his win, he's he's like um, taking pictures with people with like rainbow flags and shit, LGBTQ groups. Um, he uh, <laughs> so he appears to be kind of moving in a good direction. He ver- he very openly uses the term neoliberal. Um, he says things like Mexico will cease to be a factory of the nouveau riche. Um, he uh, <laughs> he also <laughs> I forgot about this. He uh, during his um, his campaign. He, in, this whole he won't take the L thing like he made a few really fucking brash decisions um, as he didn't want to cooperate so much with the press and with the system that he's opposing so like he wouldn't show up for debates and um, he finally showed up for one debate and uh, he just got into this huge fight with this guy who was like um, like a technocrat dork he was like a little lanyard guy but this is all he thought the PRI was a little too uh, too spendy yeah 
Um, <laughs> so this guy asks him a question, and he fucking reaches for his, like, he moves his arm like he's going to punch him. And then he goes, oh, I'll just reach for my wallet. Uh, but then he kind of gets in the guy's face, and uh, he calls, the guy's name is Ricky. He calls him Ricky Rakin Kanain, which means little scoundrel. But he's like, make, uh, when you use the, 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 the little, the fucking He's the little Marco of Mexico. <laughs> yeah, he was doing, like, that sort of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, that is kind of Trump. Rikin, Rikin, that's Trump-esque. Yeah, you it know? is. That's the one. And that's, thing. A, Trump I, I will say... Trump, I got to hand it to him, the way he did the Republican debates, like, I think that was a constructive thing. I liked when he bullied discourse. Republicans. Yes, was that was pretty very great. cool and yeah. fun to watch if he had the right politics. Yes. You know? Or if he didn't win. Yeah, also. <laughs> that would have been fine for me. Yeah. If he was just mean on television for a year and then gone, that would have been fucking sweet. Yeah, but it would have, la- like, he would still be mean on television now, only oh, with no. his own network. It's the same thing. You know, yeah. Tim Dillon, he's on television now. <laughs> 2018. Uh, Timito, little Timito Kanain. Um, <laughs> oh, God, Tim. I'm going to set up a Patreon goal for us <laughs> to just make more than Tim Dillon's podcast. It's going to be hard. How much we just make? make more than – oh, just to – so to, we can make more money then. How much, they, does, how much does he make? I don't know, I don't but they have a, a Patreon. Big head start. I, I think they. I don't think they're allowed to have one because it's uh, gas Ooh, digital. Oh shit! Yeah. All right. Fair enough. I think they're doing okay though. Yeah, they do like uh, bus tours and. Oh, counterpoint, Tim, <laughs> suck my dick. Yeah, Tim. <laughs> Great special. Suck your uh, idiot pinieto. Yeah. Uh, I admire you as a performer, <laughs> you bitch. Great, great comic. Weird human sent me a <laughs> threatening email. Um, anyways. Um, stop threatening my friends. <laughs> stop emailing my wife. <laughs> Tim Dillon, stop emailing my wife. <laughs> so Never think about transition. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, that's kind of where this this story ends, right? So um, he's got a lot of interesting, you know, plans. He um, he talks about um, free internet in schools, uh, reforming a lot of school shit. He has this, this slogan: "Becarios si, sicarios no," which is like, uh, you know, school graduates, yes, uh, warlords, no. Hell yeah! He's against sicarios. The movie probably. Yeah. Um, there's you know, at least going to be three of them. Where does yeah? Where does he stand? Well, where does he stand on the three amigos? <laughs> he released a position. Um, they're fucking. Uh, they're gringos who come down to their country, and they make use of all their burrows. <laughs> they're little scoundrels. What else happens in that movie? <laughs> um, I don't remember. Banjo. I don't know. Damn! Cut this out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um. As far as the future of AMLO, uh, people are a little concerned because, and I'm not a fucking Mexican, like, electoral system wonk. I don't really understand quite how this happened. But it seems, even though he won in a huge landslide, he won with, like, 53% of the vote or some shit, um, and they have multiple parties. Yeah. Um, in order to get where he was, he was a bit of a pragmatist, and he ended up forming some shaky alliances with a couple of opposing parties, yeah. one of them being a far-right, like, Christian pro-life party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people I've talked to have said, you know, well, that tells you everything you need to see right there. Um, and I don't quite believe it, just because the more I read about him, I think, oh, this guy... You know, he's like a Bernie where you're like, how are you accusing him of, do- like, living this way for fucking ever? And then suddenly, you know, oh, my plan all along was to be a Christian fundamental. It doesn't make any sense. It seems like he was just ally- allying with them for power 
in order to get the majority. Yeah, I could see his appeal to them though if they're uh, like the the right wing in America has completely co-opted Christianity as kind of their power base. But if with uh, uh, appeals to small working class people, I mean that's all very biblical shit that you could probably pitch to even very socially conservative uh, Christians. Right. Well, it is interesting because I, I, I'm also not an expert on Mexico, but uh, it seems that globally yes, the I issues... Yes, I am the expert here <laughs> yeah. on Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Roll that uh, burrito that they don't actually eat there. Um, I, I've no, I do think globally there is less emphasis now. The right has kind of uh, politically... Uh, not they're not so hot on abortion or gay stuff. It's immigration right now. And if you look at Italy, uh, where you had a, kind of a similar situation, a more extreme example of this, the Five Star Movement, which was like a left-wing populist party, ended up having to form a coalition government with a, a, like a very far-right-wing right. party. And basically the compromise they came to is like, okay, yeah, let's invest more in the welfare state, even though we'll see what the EU is going to allow with that. Uh, but we are going to agree to also keep migrants out. And I think that's really what's going to come down to here because uh, there is some discussion. He's talked about um, demilitarizing Mexico's southern border, which I apparently is um, kind of similar to the, their, the, the U.S. on on uh, on our southern border, and they they want to keep people There's out of Guatemala. Guatemala. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one thing that Trump wanted to do was he wanted to make them like cra- like ratchet up their fucking southern border right. to then be. A fr- he, just, he just thinks people are just coming from the bottom of the world, and it's getting you know it's <laughs> yeah. the worst. He's all an OCD freak. He's down. like, we're gonna build a wall, and then you're gonna build right. a wall, and then they're gonna build a wall, and we'll all have matching walls. Right. Yeah. Well, the thing he pointed to on the campaign trail was. Oper- with the term, uh, the slur, W-E-T back, if I may, wetback, <laughs> comes from Operation Wetback, which Eisenhower did where he deported a bunch of people. And, and Trump, the way Trump told told the story is like they tried sending him a couple miles south of the border. They ended up coming back and then sent him a few more miles south of the border. They came back again. And so then we did Operation Wetback and we sent him really, really, really far away and they didn't come back. <laughs> Operation Wetback yeah. is the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Um, I knew um, so the, the thing about the term wetback that I've always found really interesting is I didn't know that that's specifically where it came from. But a lot of its use that people don't understand is it's not always used um, by like white people at Mexicans. A lot of times it's used Mexicans at poor Mexicans. Mm. There's a class thing there yeah. where you're like, well, I came oh, here legally and, and you're, you're a fucking, okay. you know, legal or whatever. There's you know that. Right. Swim, There's a so lot poor. of, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of resentment among, and uh, I'm, again, absolute authority on this, uh, <laughs> resentment among, like, this is conservative streak and a lot of, like, Latin American people I've talked to who identify very strongly with Americanism and, yeah, know, Yeah, US. for sure. Um, I'm sorry, I just can't stop thinking about Operation Wetback <laughs> and the, the fucking commander. Um, uh, uh, sir, sir! <laughs> okay, um, god damn. That would make such a great Steven Seagal movie. Um, I served in Operation Guinea Mech. Uh, <laughs> Operation Pol- I'm Walking Here. Uh, Punch Polacks. Uh. <laughs> yeah, so, um, Polak yeah. drop. 
That'd be good. The border thing is interesting because uh, because Amlo, his thing about it is he's like, fuck no, I'm not going to do that. Also, fuck Trump's wall. He wants to go out and have a big protest along the border, a bunch of people wearing white and shit. Mm. He has um, some economic ideas that I don't quite understand because um, uh, I'm a little shaky on, uh, well, you know, certain you know politics in other countries, but also... Um, Okay, so one of the things he wants to do is sort of set up factories, like a like a system of factories along the border for both American factories and Mexican factories that have some sort of tax exemption. But yeah. as we were discussing earlier, a lot of what he is into, even though he identifies maybe as a leftist, is um, it's very nationalistic. Um, he talks about like the fatherland a lot, which is yeah. alarming, um, just in the phrase. But you know, it's nationalism not in like the imperialist way he's not like mexico needs to expand or whatever or you know or needs to become like it's not it's not like american nationalism where it's like we need to control the whole fucking world it's this interesting like isolated thing where he's just like he just wants mexico to be this self-sufficient state so he wants to kind of get like the you know the free tradey like um american factory system out of his country he wants the most marxist thing possible which is mexican juche what's juche Juche? Yeah. It's the North Korean uh, 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 philosophy of self-reliance. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, that's a really good comparison. Yeah. Um, yeah. I uh, was going to joke around about it, but <laughs> never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> it's hard to uh, riff on command like that. Just by myself? Wait, Juche? <laughs> Yeah, juche. It's juche. Like, it looks like juche on juche. That could easily be sold to yuppies in Williamsburg as like a lifestyle. <laughs> oh no, like, no, juche. Hey. That's a Mexican pastry. You go to the uh, gas station with a weird little uh, panda bear on it. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Bambinos. Yeah. It's this really racist shirt I bought. It's juche. <laughs> <laughs> God. It doesn't really mean anything. Che it's just offensive. Yeah, it's <laughs> just che Guevara with a really big nose. Yeah, it's the fucking Macklemore face. <laughs> 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 Printed like Che. There we go. We got a riff out, guys. There it is. <laughs> oh, it's so hot in here. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I there's there's an itch, so there's hope. I think there's a lot of people that don't know quite where he's gonna go or how much he's already like limited himself by his alliances with people. Um, but I think something to note about him is that um, the populism seems very like genuine. Like, he does have that thing that Bernie had where, you know, when he was on the campaign trail, he was flying coach and stuff, and people really Mm -hmm. felt solidarity with that. When Amlo would go around the country, like, people would run up to him and stick notes in his pocket. It just explained, like, how much, you know, their family like appreciated him and shit like that later he'd re- he'd reach for his wallet and then he'd have to dig through notes it's <laughs> kind of like a funny seinfeld moment yeah just a bunch of weird bootleg fortunes would fall out of his pocket um, i swear i'm trying to pay you here is a note from a family who loves me <laughs> <laughs> yeah um People come and take selfies with him all the time. Um, he has to periodically, you know, go to some town to just get away from it because it's, like, so overwhelming, I think. It's interesting. Um, I think um, his plans for the whole Juge thing uh, make sense in terms of being a country that is, a um, like, a, a victim of neoliberalism because, you know, we talk about like democratic socialism in america a lot of times what we're talking about is like expanding the bourgeoisie just within america 
Um, yeah. He's talking about reversing the most damaging shit that has happened to Mexico as a like a, a result of America. Right. I also don't know if you're if you're taking this here anyway, but the main reason they need to uh, have their own infrastructure of factories and production is because uh, if NAFTA is canceled or altered suddenly, it would be cool and fuck them all at once. Yeah, yeah. That's something I, like, I, I, that's exactly where I was going with it, and I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around it because you're right, it would be cool and fuck them yeah. at the same time. Because NAFTA right. is... You ever see something so cool it, like, fucks you up? <laughs> well, that's just as if... Uh, Imagine a dog... On the Supreme Court. <laughs> <laughs> just so, like, look at the way uh, the North Koreans just rolled Trump a couple weeks ago with the new agreement. That could happen with NAFTA. If Obrador and Trump both want to renegotiate and Trump goes in there alone, he could just totally. Like, he can't actually read. Yeah. <laughs> you could, they could, you, they could actually stuff. get a good trade agreement. Yeah, and Trump tweeted like in like he congratulated Obrador, which yeah. is so weird because the man wrote a book called "Listen, Trump." <laughs> you fucking asshole. He probably thought it was like, oh, he wants my ear. <laughs> yeah, but Trump is an idiot, and like he, this you know, is the guy who wrote "Bye, Felicia." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he also like Trump also kind of congratulated Ocasio just because of. Her defeat against like right. a Democrat, which is the people that he hates the most. <laughs> um, yeah, we're about. We should wrap this up here in a second. We're about to melt. It's very hot in here. Do you know that, guys? Listening? Oh, I hadn't noticed. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, but I mean, you know, we shall see what happens. I suppose. Um, but uh, I guess my my point, my uh, conclusion here would be, if you're listening to this. Um, don't watch fucking John Oliver try to explain this to you because all these late night assholes. Um, have really uh, thrown this sort of shit under yeah. the bus forever, and they're the most dangerous people to liberals in America because they have really they have like a way of presenting this information as like very trustworthy. Like John Oliver's show seems smart, but when he tells you about you know the history of Amlo, he's like he's doing that shit where he's like you know, oh come on, you lost, like take the loss or whatever. Um, he uh, he's an untrustworthy demagogue right. because I need a punchline here, and we have to two sides it up. Right. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, what he wants is a guy with glasses who is going to tell people things in a wonky, fact-based way. Yeah. That they don't want any passion. Like to them, any passion about fire in the belly about political things from any side is just equally bad. Here's what's so fucked up about uh, centrist, spinalist ideology is if you are looking for a technocratic, you know, uh, thick-rimmed solution to your problems, that only works for the guy on top. It only works for the top of the empire, which is America. You can't, you can't, like... Show a graph to the people working in uh, 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 like slave conditions somewhere, and be like, "I think if we tweak production here, uh, the problem fixes itself." That doesn't happen yeah. anywhere. It's a direct conflict that's obvious to everyone involved. Right. Yeah, and also like if you want to know if you you want like a divining rod or a, you know a hint on where to look in a lot of these situations. Listen to the fucking mass amount of poor people that are being affected by this, the this actual shit before you make a weird decision about someone like Obrador as like an individual. Like, um, um, I always tell people the Sesta Fosta shit. It's uh, quite obvious if you look at like the people that are 
affected by that bill? Like, why would yeah. that not be the first person you ask People about something like that? People have already fucking died, right? Yeah, a bunch. Yeah. And that's not even a number you can really pin down, but like 19 or something already. This is a few Jeez. months ago, right? Just in New York or whatever. Um, I think that's true. Uh, um, <laughs> marker. Okay, so... <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, what Can I say what I am excited about that could happen potentially with this? Yeah, let's put a pin in this. So... Uh, AMLO is good friends with Jeremy Corbyn, and Corbyn was in Mexico, I think, for like Christmas or something a little while ago, and they, they're buds. And Bernie might be—it might be the same situation. Uh, that's why, the, like, this is the first in this sort of like new forming, like potentially powerful wave of uh, left like social democratic politics like this is the first one who's like actually kind of taking power who's you actually could, been you elected. think they could get together and form a super group yeah i think that <laughs> because if what i mean corbin is put in a position where he's if he's put in power he's going to have to leave the eu uh and instead of like going the isolationist route or whatever um we I, have a velvet underground with mexico yeah yeah just for, starting to form Think about forming because you can't form do this. Velvet if revolver. Only, yeah. Yeah. They <laughs> velvet revolver. That's what it is. They all need. They all need the leather pants, and uh, they and need to get old. inked and pierced. Um, but if if they start form like thinking about forming international institutions now, so if more of them, more of this like movement takes power, they can actually have other countries to work with to develop a new trade regimen that isn't like centered around exploitation that's like has uh labor and environmental rights as like central components of the way we dictate economic policy internationally like that could be a huge thing yeah absolutely um one thing i want to say is um Broso El Payaso Tenebroso, come on the show this is an open invite <laughs> please come and do clown shit on my podcast honk horns yell about the government yeah we like to clown around a little bit over here. Huh? <laughs> huh? Clown fun guys. Go on Comtown, maybe. That'd be cool. Yeah. Be a what clown. accents can you do? <laughs> <laughs> Go show Chapo a real Chapo adjacent uh, person. Yeah, go I on know. go on Chapo. What if the real Chapo went on Chapo? That'd be cool. That's how that that's how the universe ends. Yeah. Right. That's, that's how this whole story uh, implodes like a star. It'd be kinda weird, uh, just in terms of like raw body count distribution between the five of them or whoever's <laughs> on mic, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um yeah. anybody anything before we get out of here? Uh Almo, one letter out from Alamo. Amlo It's Amlo. 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 <laughs> if you swap the L and the M add an A. Alamo. Tickle me Amlo, how about that? Yeah. Huh? He's like a little puppet mm-hmm. that you pull a string and he giggles and shit. Right. And then starts yeah, he, he, he goes, no, I didn't lose. No, I didn't lose. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they, Fuck look, you, man. Look, they wanted him to take the L. If you take the L, then it would just be ammo. And I don't know if they want that. <laughs> All right. I think everything's been said. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm coming to L.A. Uh, what is this, next week? I'll be there the 9th through the 16th. Um, I got, I'll open up. Pin my uh, t- pinned tweet. I'm gonna put a pinned tweet up of my shows while I'm in LA. Come out and uh, hang out. And if you would like bonus episodes, uh, sign up for our Patreon. Um, it's five bucks, and we give you a bonus episode every week, plus access to our entire back catalog of bonus episodes. Um, and it will help us make more of this shit. Because I bet you didn't know who the fuck Amlo was. Some of you. Yeah, you know. 
fucking anything. Now you've made it to work. You're exhausted. You already forgot all the podcasts because you're hungover, but somewhere in the back of your mind, you... You need to take, like, a hard look at your life. You fucking losers. (laughs) 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 All right, that's the end of the show. Bye. Bye. En los pasillos. Ahí, en los pasillos del PRI. Se hablaba, quizá de un acuerdo entre Manlio y Henry Monster. Manlio, ¿me tienes que ir? Henry, hice lo que pude, pero tú también debes comprender que todos tus amigos se metieron en elección. No me cambies el tema, Manly. Hay momentos en que pues, las brechas generacionales son las brechas generacionales. Y nosotros somos los polluelos que brotamos de los huevos. Y tú ya... No digas, ya entendí. Vengo nada más a despedirme, Henry, mi querido Henry Monster. No me vuelvas a decir como el pinche payaso de mierda. Perdóname, me excedí. Te doy las gracias por todo. No, yo te las doy a ti. No, yo te las doy primero. No, Manlio, ya me las diste. Manlio. Sí, Henry. Háblale a Coca, cabrón. Para que te regresen por lo menos al grupo de WhatsApp. Well, <laughs> 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 <laughs>